0: Hello everyone, this is Liberty Church Audio, I'm Pastor John, and I'm recording this Tuesday morning around 1030, November 3rd, 2020, long before any presidential election results have come in. Elections are always a time of uncertainty, and a lot of times anxiety in more ways than one, especially this year in 2020. What a year. And I was planning to podcast this morning about the next president of the united states but then as i was thinking and preparing i thought well maybe i'll be so bold as to podcast to the next president of the united states and invite you and invite you all to listen in first the next president of the united states is a special person in a very special position One of the early leaders of the church, the Apostle Paul, wrote in Romans 13 that government has been established by God. Paul reminds us, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So from the perspective of a church listening to its leaders... We believe that government is ordained by God, so we are never anti-government. We want and pray for always good government. But then he gives the job description of what people in authority should be doing. He says, rulers are not a terror to good conduct. That's what they're supposed to be. Not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. He describes those that are in authority, especially presidents for us on this day, that he is God's servant for our good. So, Mr. President, if you are to be a servant by God to do us good. But those that do wrong should be afraid of you because you don't bear the sword in vain. And in fact, you are to carry out God's opposition to evil in the world. And God's opposition to evil here is described as God's wrath. So, Mr. President, you have been ordained by God. Sometimes people in a political sense say, well, do you believe that so-and-so president was put into power by God? And the answer to that question is always yes. Always, every time, God raises people up and he puts them down. And the power of any government is a delegated power. So Mr. President, we believe that we need you. We need government and we need good government. So you are in a position to do good in the world. That's your job description. But your understanding of what is good will tell us so much about you. You should never be a terror to those who are doing good. You should always be a source of fear for those who are doing wrong, doing evil. But you have to know the difference between good and evil. And if your morality is skewed by modern secular materialism, you won't have a starting point for knowing what's right and what's wrong. And the prophet in the ancient world reminds us Woe to those who call good evil and evil good because it can get confusing. It can oftentimes seem like the right thing to do is actually wrong and the wrong thing to do is actually right. And your job description is to be able to figure out the difference between the two. You are in a position by God to do good and we need you to do that and we hope that you will. You are also in a position to inspire other people to do good in the world. You are in a position to protect the innocent. Harming the innocent is evil, especially the unborn who have yet to do anything good or bad. And pressuring those that are doing good or suing those who are helping the poor, all of that is evil and unnecessary and nonsensical. Your job is to promote what's good in the world. That means you must know what it is. You're in a position to resist evil. And we believe that the only thing worse than tyranny is anarchy. You have to travel that middle road of authority that keeps us out of the ditch of tyranny on one side and anarchy on the other. And it is a very special position that you are in. And it's a difficult one. The next president of the United States is a special person. Therefore, seek wisdom. Secondly, the next president of the United States is not special at all. For the very same reason that your authority, that your authority is a delegated authority. Your authority and your power and your position does not come from something inside you. In our society, authority is supposed to rise from the people and be given to our representatives. But also in the broader reality, your authority is delegated to you by God himself. That means You do not have the power to do whatever you want, and you will answer to God for whatever it is that you do. Do you remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar was king of the world, and pride filled his heart. And one day as he was walking about, looking at all the things that he had accomplished, he said to himself, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence, and for the glory of my majesty? He said, Look at me. Look what I did. And so immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven. Till his hair grew long, grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. He absolutely lost his mind. But then he says, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. I love That phrase, he lifted his eyes to heaven and his reason returned. Without the understanding of a theistic universe, that God is there, you have no ground for reason or morality whatsoever. So when he lifted his eyes to heaven, of course his reason returned to him. And he said, I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are as accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? Later he says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride he is able to humble. If God can humble the king of the world, he is more than capable of humbling the the next president of the United States. And that's always good to remember. You will be held accountable for what you do as a leader, just like the rest of humanity. You're not that special. You're going to come and go just like the rest of the presidents. You're going to come and go just like the rest of world history's leaders. Like kings and emperors of history, you will live, die and pretty much be forgotten, except maybe in academic lectures and political debates from time to time. Presidents, kings, empires, and civilizations, the church will outlast them all, and God's purposes will stand, that's always good to remember. The next president of the United States is not special at all, therefore, seek humility. The next president of the United States is powerless to perfect society, so he shouldn't try. Mr. President, why are you going to be powerless to perfect society? It's because humans are more than material substances. We're not determined by natural laws, economic forces, or government policies. Those things don't determine us. Jesus said man shall not live by bread alone. That means we're more than food. We're more than delivery systems or biological systems and natural resources that sustain them. Human beings are greater than you can imagine. We're created in the image of God with the ability to do almost whatever we put our minds to. So don't hem us in. We should be free. Also, humans can be worse than you can imagine. We're fallen and self-centered and power-hungry and can be cruel. This goes back to the old-fashioned doctrine of original sin. There is something broken and bent about us. And you'll never straighten that out with government policy. We need spiritual renewal. And so the only thing you can do with that is to join us In prayer for it. We are greater and lower than you can imagine, and this puts us beyond the reach of any utopian schemes of equity that you can plan or implement. The best you can do is protect our God given rights and hold us accountable under the rule of law. Anything more than that will basically cause trouble. C.S. Lewis said Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some time be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. So, Mr. President, I beg you, don't be a moral busybody in the Oval Office. Don't be one of those. You will never be wise enough, smart enough, powerful enough, or well-intentioned enough to solve all our problems. You are going to face complicated situations. You're going to be faced with a lot of options, and people will pressure you, cajole you, advise you, threaten you to take more and more control over our lives. But just remember, you always have a choice, and you don't ever, ever have to do anything stupid. The next president of the United States is limited in what he can accomplish. Therefore, you should basically stay in your lane and try to leave us alone. That will be good enough. The Apostle Paul encouraged us from the earliest days of the church to pray for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And that's what we will do. Mr. President, we will pray for you. It is in our best interest to pray for you because we really just want to lead a peaceable and quiet life in a godly and dignified way. We want that for ourselves, and we want that for everyone inside the church and outside. We'll pray for you to have the wisdom to move our nation in that direction, quiet, peaceful, godly, and dignified lives. Mr. President, we pray for you.